It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the moment last. Just well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavist, licensed nutritionist and host of Dishing Up Nutrition. Good morning, Dar. <laughs> Good morning, Marcy. <laughs> yes, and to our listeners out there, you know, once again, I'm happy to be here in studio with you today. Um, I am Marcy Vasky, also a licensed nutritionist, and today's show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. You know, Marcy, we have a very interesting topic to discuss with all of our listeners this morning. We sure and do. It's called Stopping the Disease of Aging. So have you ever thought, you know, our listeners, have you ever thought that aging would be considered considered a disease? Right. And it is by many scientists and researchers. You know, Marcy, to be honest with you, when I thought about this topic for dishing up nutrition two months ago, it made logical sense to me. However, (laughs) when I started to research and put the show notes together... Frankly, it wasn't as clear as I believed it would be a couple of months ago. Right. So after taking a day of research and reading articles, I have learned a lot. So as we all know, there are all there aren't always perfect answers in life. There aren't. No. So as you come along with us today in our discussion, perhaps you'll think outside the box. I believe we often need to think outside the box to find the answers to some of life's most important questions. And that's something we do a lot. We think outside of the box when we are working with clients. Oh, we do. I mean, every day, every time you sit down with somebody new, you just have to constantly be thinking, okay, what is this? What could be creating this problem for you? There aren't a lot of just follow the protocol protocol people. No, there really isn't. (laughs) I don't think any of them are. But, you know, it is really a great point to, you know, thinking outside that box because there we do find some new answers. Yes, we do. You know, and there's a quote from Dr. Christiane Northrup. She's the author of um, The Wisdom of Menopause, which is Mm -hmm. a great book. Great book. Full of so much good information, as well as so many other well-respected books that she has written. But Dr. Northrup says, and she says, I firmly believe that growing older is inevitable, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But aging is optional. I like that. Yay. <laughs> In fact, she says our brains and bodies rejuvenate and continue to create new neurotransmitters and cells every single day. So we're going to throw a little science at you this morning. Yes, more we than, are. More than what we usually do. And there was an article published December 15th, 2016 in Scientific American And the title was, Aging is Reversible, at least in human cells and live mice. Well, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this article discusses how new research suggests that it is possible to slow or even reverse aging. And I like that one. Right, that reverse part, huh? And they said, at least in mice. Oh, shoot. By undoing changes in gene activity. That's how we reverse that. So my question because I always ask questions. You, you know do. That. You do. <laughs> My questions to this point is, 
How do we undo changes in gene activity? Yes. Hmm. This is your part, Marcy. Right. Well, let's ponder that, right? (laughs) How do we change that? Well, they say that by tweaking genes that turn adult cells back into embryonic-like cells... Now, that's kind of a cool thing, mm-hmm. I mean, changing those um, our old cells into new cells. The researchers at the Salk Institute for Bio- Biological Studies, they've actually reversed the aging of both mouse and human cells in an in vitro setting. What does that mean? Well, in other words, just in a test tube. Okay. Which extends the life of a mouse with an accelerated aging condition. So that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So many researchers believe aging is due largely to what they call epigenetic changes. These changes make our genes more or less active. Mm, That's a big word. Mm -hmm, It is. Epigenetic (laughs) changes. I think you must have been to a bit of a conference lately that you're coming up with all this new uh, information for us. A little time to study. There, There you go. That research and reading. You know, so let me spell out epigenetic. It's E-P-I-G-E-N-E-T-I-C. All right. So now we know how to spell it. Exactly. What the heck does it mean? Mm -hmm. So my understanding about epigenetics is that when we say epigenetic, it's that when we are referring to all things in life that control our genes. That's kind of cool, I think. It is. So, yes, I agree. But it's even a little more scientific. I don't know if people realize that we have 20,000 genes that provide instructions. Mm-hmm. Like they tell things yep. to very complex molecules in our body and in our brain, mm-hmm. which then tells our various biological actions to carry out our life functions. That's really, a when you start to think about that, that's fairly... Complicated. complicated. You're right. So epigenetics is everywhere. What foods we eat, what you drink, how you exercise, when you sleep, where you live, who you interact with, how much you eat, what you read. Wow. These are all examples. Yes. All of these lifestyle habits can cause chemical modifications that affect your genes or my genes, right? whichever genes you want, <laughs> and they turn them on and off. Right. So just, that's really kind of complex. It's a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yep. So as scientists have struggled with the concept that aging is just another disease, such as diabetes or heart disease or cancer, how can then we develop and practice lifestyle habits to live the longest and not accelerate our own aging that is a big question Uh uh-huh right well i think there are a few of us that think that way oh for sure i know i do yeah i do so good well you're gonna be around here until you're 125 oh how wonderful my kids will love me (laughs) even more you'll be there telling them what to do i know constantly (laughs) yes telling them how to stay young um so, you know, uh, there is a scientist out of the Cambridge University, University uh, his name is Aubrey de Grey, and believes we need to reframe aging as a pathological process that needs to be treated as a disease 
much like cancer or diabetes. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It does. And I don't think a lot of people think of aging as diabetes or cancer. No, no, I don't think so. So, again, it seems to me that the question we should be asking, is aging a natural process that just needs to be accepted? No. It's unavoidable. Or is it a disease that can be treated and prevented? Yes. Okay. I say. You know, as a person who believes in prevention, we talk prevention all the time. We do. It seems to me that prevention is actually a win-win practice in this discussion of aging. For sure. So... I think, Marcy, let's look at some easy lifestyle habits that affects many aspects of our lives, including that disease of aging. Yes. What should we start with? Well, I think one of the really important things to start with that is just easy, really easy habit is making sure you have adequate levels of vitamin D. It is so critical to the prevention of a, of just a variety of diseases, not right. just of aging. Yes. You know, and if we are outside people, meaning spending time outside in the sun, in, you might be getting or thinking you're getting enough vitamin D, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But that's only if you're not wearing an, a, tons of sunscreen. Exactly. So we have a lot of clients that'll come in and, oh, it's summertime. I don't need to do my vitamin D. And mm-hmm. then I'll say, do you wear sunscreen? Well, of course I wear sunscreen. Yeah. Well, maybe you're not getting quite as much as you need. You know, and, the, you know, the other thing is we are we are really becoming more inside people, too. Yes, we are. You know, we work longer hours. We mm-hmm. have events that are inside. Um, and even kids. Kids are spending less and less time outdoors. I know I'm always saying to mine, go outside and play. (laughs) What are you doing? You know, and when we were growing up, at least when I was growing up, I mean, that's what we did. We were outside playing. Totally. There wasn't an option, number one. And number two, I just, why wouldn't you? right? Right, exactly. Run around. You know, so really, you know, with our kids spending more time inside as well, they are often deficient in this vitamin D. Very often deficient. So then you have to ask yourself, how does vitamin D actually prevent disease? That's Great question. A, yes. So here are some many, many, many different ways. You know, researchers have found that vitamin D receptors in all of our cells throughout our bodies. You know, look, you think of this cell and we have these receptors and I think we have to go to break. Don't we? we? Do. I heard that I saw that sign. Yeah, we saw a sign. (laughs) All right. We'll come back to this vitamin D right after break. But you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And today, Dar and I are discussing the disease of aging. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, September is just around the corner. The state fair will be over and the kids will be back in school. So it's Good time to do a little self-care for yourself and get back to healthy eating. You know, through the month of August, you can actually save $80 on the cost of our 12-week Nutrition for Weight Loss program. You know, that's down to $319. That's a great savings. And you'll get 12 amazing classes and two one-hour nutrition consultations and with a very experienced certified nutritionist like Marcy. There you go. <laughs> and that's a lot of self-care for a very low cost. It is. And so and, worth it. And it's fun. 
It is fun. I mean, these you are, learn so many things. Yes. So just call our office at 651-699-3438 and really do it this month because you get to save $80. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Yeah. And then you've made the commitment. You're right. Then you're going to say, oh, I can't go. It's no. Tuesday night. No, I can't mm-hmm. go. You have decided you're going. Yes. And, and it will you'll change be, your life. Yes. Yes. Great. So, so we were talking about vitamin D before the break, Dar. Exactly. So why don't you dig back into that research for us and see what we got? So, you know, what I was talking about before, the researchers have found that vitamin D receptors in all of our cells throughout our body and our brain. And I think most women realize that vitamin D is essential for the absorption of calcium, which helps us make strong and dense bones. Mm-hmm. It is a known fact, and I don't know how many people know this, but we know it, that more women die each year from a broken bone than from breast cancer and uterine cancer combined. That's That's, remarkable. That's shocking. Yes. You know, so maintaining strong bones is critical for long life. For most people, taking a vitamin D3 supplement is an easy prevention habit to practice. It really is. I mean, it's one tiny little gel cap. Yes. So, but before you do that, we encourage people to have a vitamin D test yearly so you can make sure that you're taking enough vitamin D to maintain healthy bones and healthy cells. That's right. You know, and some for some people that's 1,000, for some people it's 2,000, some people it's 4,000. I've had several people, they have to take 10,000 to get up into kind of a low normal range. You're right. It's it's really it's really surprising. It is really surprising how how many people are low in vitamin D. So, you know, let's talk a little bit more about how this vitamin D can help us. And I want to share a little re- research that Dars found for us. It's an, from an article from Creighton University about vitamin D and cancer. Mhm. This is important, so everyone listen. A study funded by the National Institute of Health found a 30% reduction in cancer of those taking a vitamin D supplement. That's amazing. That is, 30%. And this four-year study actually included 2,300 healthy older women, and they were in rural, rural Nebraska. And half of the group took 2,000 IUs of vitamin D3, and 1,500 milligrams of calcium. And then the other half of the group were given placebos. And so that's like a little, maybe a little sugar candy. Or, yeah, yeah. Sugar pill or something. Because why not? Yeah. Cancer occurred at 30% lower incidence in the group who supplemented with vitamin D than in the control group. So what am I saying? Right. Bottom line is that supplementing with 2,000 to maybe 4,000 IUs of vitamin D3 is a lifestyle habit that really is so easy and can fit into this good prevention plan that we're talking about today. Right. So, you know, earlier, Marcy, we talked in the show about epigenetics. We said it's everywhere. That's right. What foods we eat, what we drink, where we live, who we interact with, what we weigh. And so much more. All of these lifestyle factors affect affects our genes. So insufficient vitamin D levels can actually influence how hungry you are. Did everyone hear that? And how much you eat. That's right. 
And when you don't have enough vitamin D, you may feel hungry all the time. And Very we have, interesting. We have clients that come in and say that. Oh, my gosh. And that's all because low levels of vitamin D interfere with how well your appetite hormone works. And then you're saying, okay, so what's that hap- appetite hormone? <laughs> Tell me more. Well, it's leptin. And that's the appetite hormone. And it needs sufficient vitamin D to work. So then you're satisfied and you're no longer hungry after a normal size meal. Think about cool, that. Isn't that. Oh, it is. It very much is. And and I, you know, research like, is really interesting. It's sometimes. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you did all that reading. <laughs> you knew that stuff anyway. <laughs> no, I didn't know all this. <laughs> but now I do. <laughs> right. And now all of our listeners will. That's right. Right? Exactly. You know, and on top of messing with our appetite and our weight, because we don't want that, but vitamin D even impacts our mood and memory. Mm -hmm. In fact, research studies have found the lower your vitamin D level, the more likely you are to feel sad, to feel unhappy, rather than happy and really optimistic about life. Yes. You know, so how will you know if you're deficient in vitamin D? I mean, that's a great question. A simple blood test will tell you. So the next time you go in, you just ask your MD for a little blood test on the vitamin D. And, you know, we at Nutritional uh, Weight and Wellness really recommend the levels to be between 50 and 80 to be ideal. Mm-hmm. Right? Could be a little higher, but, mm-hmm. you know, but... Not lower. (laughs) Right. Not lower for sure. You know, so again, having those, you know, um, adequate levels of vitamin D is an easy lifestyle habit you can put into practice as part of your anti-aging plan. You know, because vitamin D affects every cell in your body, a deficiency of vitamin D will have a negative impact even on your lungs, Mm -hmm. your heart, your kidneys your immune function, and your memory. Isn't that interesting? Yes. So many studies have linked a deficiency of vitamin D with memory problems in older men and women. And as an older person, (laughs) I really value my memory. Yes. And that's really critical. And I think other people think this way, too. Oh, for sure. I mean, older people, they all are concerned about their memory. Mm -hmm. So researchers found that older adults with low levels of vitamin D are at twice the risk of developing Alzheimer's disease. Scary. I know. Taking a vitamin D supplement literally impacts every cell in our bodies and brains. And again, we keep saying... This is an easy prevention lifestyle habit to practice. But yet so many people, so many clients we see, they don't take it seriously. They don't. You know, you're really right. You know, people want to take, they want to take their vitamin D, but they just can't become compliant enough in it. So I'm Mm -hmm. hoping after this discussion today, people are popping their supplements. Well, it's so interesting. Like you said before, usually it's a little tiny gel capsule yeah you don't even need water really that i mean (laughs) it's so easy to take it is and so important again for every cell in your body and brain Mm -hmm. so if you want to feel good and have a good memory let's take some vitamin d and with that we're going to go on our second break okay sounds great so you are listening to dishing up nutrition brought to you by nutritional weight and wellness 
If you are running out of ideas about what to cook for dinner, you know, stop into one of our seven offices and grab our weight and wellness cookbook and nutrition guide. Because this month you're going to save 15% on the cookbook and you'll use it every day. It's a great resource. There's great recipes that are easy to follow. They have really limited number of ingredients. It's a fast recipe, simple recipes. And what does everybody want? Deliciousness, right? They're all delicious. (laughs) That's right. We'll be right back. Hey, Cravings, what's up? Not you, because I'm taking you down. Oh, didn't see that coming? Because I've always buckled under your pressure? Well, this is my house now. So bring it, ice cream. You want a piece of me cake? I see you in the pantry, potato chips. See, this super chick got herself to nutritional weight and wellness and learned that cravings aren't a willpower thing, more like a blood sugar, mineral deficiency, digestive thing. And eating in balance slays the beast. Animal protein. Healthy fats. Vegetable carbs. The temptation taming trifecta. Make you shrink and me shine. Do I feel deprived? (laughs) Not when I'm armed with my nutritional weight and wellness num-num chucks. So step off, cravings, or I'll swing you into oblivion. I guess I better clean this up. Learn how to conquer your cravings with the Nutrition for Weight Loss program at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. On-site or online. Visit weightandwellness.com. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Cavist, licensed nutritionist, and I'm here with Marcy Vasky, also a licensed nutritionist. And today we're discussing the disease of aging. So I have something to share. I want to, maybe you want to learn how to make an easy, refreshing drink. Because, you know, we talked about what you drink affects your epigenetics. So I simply put mint leaves in a quart of water and let it just seep overnight in the refrigerator. Mm, Yum. You know, and the next day I have a tasty mint infused water. So simple. Oh, nice. Now, the better part of this is my friend brought me the fresh mint leaves from her garden. Perfect. So not only is my drink delicious and healthy, it's also free. Well, that's a steal. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so easy. It is. And it's, you know, people are always looking for, you know, I'm tired of water. What should I do with my water? And I'll, you know, that's a great idea. Some mint, even a little cucumber in there. Exactly. Anything. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, let's get back to our discussion of stopping the aging disease, right? And we were talking about vitamin D before we went on break. As a great prevention. As a great prevention. Lifestyle habit, yes. Yes, you're Mm -hmm. right. You know, so now we're going to ask you listeners, are you taking a vitamin D supplement or have you had your levels tested, right? We really Mm -hmm. need to know those both things. Well, one and then two. So it would seem that a lack of sufficient vitamin D might be one of those epigenetic changes, which make our genes more or less active. So as these changes accumulate, our minds might slow down, our bodies may become more weak and fragile, and we become more vulnerable to disease. Mm-hmm. Disease That's right. is, yes. right? The diabetes, cancer we were talking about. The simple lifestyle habit of having sufficient vitamin D really can reverse some of these changes, resulting in fewer diseases. And who doesn't want that? Exactly. Plus, if you're going to live that long, you definitely want to be healthy. Exactly. And have a good mind. (laughs) (laughs) So, Audrey de Grey, you know, we talked about him before. Mm -hmm. He's the chief science officer for SENS Research. 
and they conduct and fun and and do research about regenerative medicine. So this is wow. what he said. It was always known that the body accumulates damage. Hmm. Yeah. The way to cure aging is to find ways to repair the damage. I think of it as preventive medicine for age-related conditions. Kind of like we're on the same page. I think we are. Yes. So you may be wondering, how does the body accumulate damage? And, you know, what is that all about? And how can we really prevent this? Or moreover, if you're, if you know you're practicing a lifestyle habit that is maybe causing damage to you, you may be thinking, oh, how can I stop? You know, how can I make that change? Well, let's take a look at some um, of the lifestyle habits that damage your cells and age you. So first of all, I'm sure we'd all agree smoking is an aging agent. Mm -hmm. That's not going to slow down the aging. I think one of the things that you said in this, just as you were saying this, Mm -hmm. Marcy, made me think about, I think a lot of people know that they're practicing some lifestyle habit that's causing damage to their cells. Oh, for sure. But they don't want to think about it. No. So we just keep doing it. Uh Uh-huh. And you'll be fine, right? Uh Until you're not. Until you're not. That's what I always say to them. (laughs) (laughs) So as nutritionists, we would list eating Several fast food meals weekly as an aging agent. Oh, for sure. I mean, just think of that trans fat in your system. Mm -hmm. You know, and most researchers would also think about putting on the list, drinking more than one or two alcohol, you know, drinks a week. Not a night is an aging agent. Mm -hmm. You know, research from the American Cancer Institute found women who actually drink two drinks, alcoholic drinks a night, they increase their breast cancer risk by 50%. That's kind of amazing. It really is. Mm -hmm. And just two glasses of wine nightly increases the risk of breast cancer by 50%. So know this. Lifestyle habits you could stop. Do you have one? Is this one for you? Or do you need help stopping? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, we actually work with a lot of women that when we first see them on that initial consultation, they're drinking quite a bit of wine. Oh, I know. Or they'll even say, you know, I want to drink more mm-hmm. and more mm-hmm. and more. And they don't even realize the damage that they're doing to their body their body and brain and their cells. Oh, for sure. I mean, really, they're just seeing the outward effect of maybe some extra weight gain Mm -hmm. when really it's at your cellular level. And so it's so interesting. Once we help people get rebalanced, suddenly they don't even care if they have wine. I know. And I tell them (laughs) this. I said, if you just eat during the day, you aren't going to want to drink so much at night. Yes, it's actually, that's what it is a lot of times. It is. People not taking time to eat during the day. Yep. And then they get home and life is crazy. So again, as listeners, I think you have to think, are there some lifestyle habits that I'm practicing that I know is doing damage to my cells and it's increasing that disease of aging. Mm -hmm. So everybody get honest with themselves Mm -hmm. as we go through our list. You know, a common lifestyle habit, we're going to switch off of 
alcohol now for a while. Yeah. A common lifestyle habit that is an immense problem for over 100 million Americans and wrecks havoc on our health, our happiness, our relationships, and the simple, it's a lack of sleep. I know. What many of you, our listeners, may not realize that lack of sleep on a regular basis, you know, I think if it happens one night a week or something, that's not a big deal, but on a regular basis, it is really associated with long-term health problems, including diabetes, Mm -hmm. high blood pressure, heart disease, obesity, depression, anxiety, a poor immune function, and accelerated aging. That's right. So. So all knowing all of that is going to help everybody sleep way better tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and another health problem associated with lack of sleep is weight gain and obesity. Many people don't put that together either. No. So you might think if you sleep less, you should be you should be burning more calories and lose weight. Oh, we've heard that one a lot. Oh, yeah. You know, so we're here to tell you today, again, it doesn't work that way. And there are so many studies, so many studies that have linked insufficient sleep to weight gain and obesity. So you have to ask yourself, why is getting eight hours of sleep most nights so important? You know, while you sleep, your body really secretes hormones that help you to control your appetite. And they support your metabolism. They balance your glucose Mm -hmm. and insulin production. So here's what happens. Lack of sleep increases insulin secretion after you eat. I mean, if you didn't sleep all night, I mean, maybe you slept three, four, five hours. Mm -hmm. The next day, everything you ate, suddenly you had more insulin. Right. I mean, it's silly. It is. But that's what happens biochemically. Mm -hmm. So this excess insulin promotes fat storage. That's right. And we teach that in our weight and wellness classes and all of our classes. Yes. And then that results in weight gain, which means that you could be eating perfectly to lose weight. But if you're sleep deprived, the excess insulin puts every fork of food you're eating into fat storage. <laughs> That's really some great information. I mean, it's true. I it, mean, it's, it, it is. is. Yeah. So you may, you, you might want to, you know, fix that sleep habit so that your fork that you put in your mouth is turning into fat, right? <laughs> I know. You know? I mean, no, I think we have a lot of people that come, to, well, especially in our nutrition for weight loss, they have very, very slow metabolisms mm-hmm. and they say, I'm eating perfectly. And they are. Right. But I'm not losing weight. Yes. But. And then and I that, say. Are you sleeping? Are you sleeping? Mm -hmm. And they say, well, no. Yeah. We still have to turn that corner. You know, and let me ask you a question. Have you ever been a caregiver for someone not getting enough sleep and suddenly you realize you gained 10 pounds in a month? That's another one we hear a lot of. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So my guess isn't the weight gain wasn't from overeating or even eating poorly, but really from getting that non-consistent sleep night after night. Mm -hmm. Parents, you know, even parents who have a colicky baby or even two babies like I had, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you're often you can gain some several pounds because typically both mom and dad are sleep deprived from being up all night long, you know, taking Mm -hmm. care of those babies. Mm -hmm. So anytime that 
you're doing activities that's interfering with your sleep, you probably have the potential to gain weight easily. You do. And we're going to go to our third break. And you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Next week, be sure to tune in to hear Brenna and Kate as they discuss how breast cancer is linked to alcohol consumption and sugar. Sugar, yes. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, this past week, Carolyn Hudson, a nutritional weight and wellness licensed dietitian, was interviewed on CARE 11, the 4 o'clock news, about how to avoid hidden sugars in a typical barbecue picnic meal. And here's something that's surprising. Mm. A can, one can of baked beans has about 18 teaspoons of hidden sugar. Who would ever guess that? I know. So I really invite you to go to our website, weightandwellness.com, click on podcasts, then just go to In the News and watch Carolyn share more common picnic foods you may want to avoid. Uh, You know, potato salad might be another one. That might be. Hint, hint. (laughs) (laughs) So we were talking about sleep. Sleep. Yes, we were. And we were talking more research. Yeah. I hope people are not tired of research today. That's a good one. Okay. So research also found, and we talk about this one in many of our classes, in our weight and wellness classes, but here it is. Researchers found lack of sleep may lead to type 2 diabetes. In one study, the sleep of healthy young men They cut it back from eight hours to only four hours per night for just two weeks. Wow. And they watched their glucose or their blood sugar numbers. And guess what? They went up. And that actually they went up so high that it put them into pre-diabetic classification. That is just amazing. Two weeks. Two weeks. And and they were young men. Yes. Right. So mm-hmm. it wasn't even, you know, in the typical age range, you'd be seeing high glucose levels, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, chronic sleep problems really also have been linked to feeling sad, feeling angry, more stressed, and maybe even just that mental exhaustion. You just don't want to think anymore. So if you've been struggling with, you know, some of that depression or anxiety or even a mood disorder, you need your sleep because our brain detoxes while we sleep. So poor sleep and lack of sleep are associated with a lower life expectancy. (laughs) Again, another great. Mm -hmm. So sadly, sleeping five hours or less per night increases your risk of early death by 15%. Wow. So lack of sleep increases your risk of the disease of aging. It does. And so I think my lack of sleep when my twins were babies shaved a few years off my life. <laughs> However, I'm a, pre- a prevention, so hopefully I'm reversing that aging. And, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right? You know, we understand from all of the research that lack of sleep is damaging to your body and your brain and in many, in, in many ways. It just may be a major factor in the disease of aging that we're talking about today. So how do you change this lifestyle habit of not getting adequate sleep? Which we know is damaging your cells. I think we've convinced you. Yes. You know, so first of all, you need to believe the research. Uh-huh. Okay. So if you can wrap our heads around that and not allow old habits 
habits to interfere with your sleep. So, Marcy, what are some of those old habits? Yeah, what are some of those old habits? Are you making, you know, posts on Facebooks when you should be sleeping? <laughs> yeah. And are you watching your favorite show after the kids go to bed? It's your time, right? Oh, yes. Well, your time should be spent with your eyeballs closed. <laughs> That's right. You know, or are you doing laundry instead of going to sleep? Oh, we've heard that one a lot. Oh, I and I always look at them and I'm saying, why are you up at midnight doing laundry? Mm-hmm. Go to bed. Or are you meeting with friends for wine and some laughs rather than going to sleep? You're staying up too late having that wine. You know, can you see how... You can make sleep a priority. Yes. And actually, you know, as you think about this, how, what are those lifestyle habits, these old habits that you might have? What do you need to change? Mm -hmm. What do you need to change? Yes. So again, I have listeners out there that are saying, I don't have any of these poor lifestyle habits. Oh, heavens no. And maybe you don't. Right. But you just can't sleep. Yes. So we have a lot of different ideas for you. Here's one is take 400 to 800 milligrams of magnesium glycinate at bedtime, which works for many people. But again, not everyone. That's right. You know, what magnesium glycinate does is it promotes relaxation and usually it helps you sleep through the night. Right. Exactly. And at and at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, you know, our listeners, we say they or you know what we say, food matters. So naturally, food also matters when it comes to sleep. So important. It's to have a snack before bed to help balance that blood sugar. You know, Marcy, we hear all the time that people that have been chronic dieters have been told, don't eat before you go to bed. Right. But that's such wrong advice. It is. And what are we saying? We're always saying have that bedtime snack so it balances your blood sugar through Mm -hmm. the night. Mm -hmm. Because if you're waking up, that could be your blood sugar waking you up. So one of the things that I do, which I like, you know, I know that blueberries are great antioxidants. Right. So I have fresh blueberries, about a half a cup, and a couple of tablespoons of heavy cream. Yum. And you know what? To be honest with you, I don't always eat all of it, but my dog loves the rest of it. (laughs) (laughs) So you're both (laughs) anti-aging. Yes. So what do you do? Well, I really like to have, you know, a little bit like a half a banana with a couple tablespoons of peanut butter or some almond butter. Mm -hmm. Love that. Um, Or for other people, if you don't like either of those ideas, you could do something like, you know, a half a sweet potato with a couple teaspoons of butter on it. Yum. Warmed up. I would even put cinnamon on that. Mm -hmm. Ooh, Um, You know, so many of these snacks will balance your blood sugar and they're they're going to help you stay asleep. And then you lose weight. And you lose weight. And you uh, ate just before you went to bed. Yes. (laughs) So if you're having trouble falling asleep, I frequently recommend one to five milligrams of melatonin in a sublingual form. That's a form that you put under your tongue because it gets absorbed better and faster. Right. So here's another interesting thing that I learned is Melatonin has been demonstrated in animal studies to prevent premature aging and increases the average lifespan. Wow, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. It is. 
There's been a lot of research on melatonin and how beneficial it is for people. Yeah, you know? right. And, you know, getting sufficient sleep is so crucial on helping you avoid chronic diseases and the disease of aging. So we really suggest many possible solutions when working with clients. And one example is women are often deficient in the hormone progesterone, which can result in them feeling wired and just that unable to sleep feeling. Mm -hmm. So a small amount of natural progesterone cream calms them down and helps the women sleep better. You know, you mentioned Dr. Northrup at the beginning of the show. This is one of her recommendations in the wisdom of menopause. And it, it does work. We see it in cl- in cl- our clients all the time, don't mm-hmm. we, Dar? Yep. You know, and other people really need that neurotransmitter support. So when we're talking about that, it's that 5-HTP or maybe some GABA. And generally, it's quite successful in finding a solution to our client's sleep problems. You know, and not getting enough sleep regularly is an aging agent. And we recognize the seriousness of not having enough sleep. So we really want to help you get that good seven and a half to eight eight hours of sleep most nights. So I guess this is another one of those. I believe the research. I need something to do it. So whether aging is a disease or not, I believe we have to ask ourselves, what lifestyle habits do I have that support healthy cell function, and what lifestyle habits do I need to change? So, you know, it's what we always say, mm-hmm. change your nutrition to change your life. Love that. So, as we, are we about to the I, closing? We are, wrapping up. Well, so our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food. It's a simple yet powerful message. Eating real food is life-changing. Yes. Thank you, Marcy. Thank you, Dar. Love working with you. Yes, it's fun. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Product statements have not been evaluated by the FDA.